Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, March 13th, 2023. We're talking about Duke men's basketball winning the 2023 ACC tournament. They defeated Virginia in the title game by 10 to claim the 22nd ACC tournament championship in school history. John Shire, the first person ever to win the ACC tourney as a player and a head coach. We've got a lot to discuss. We know that Duke is going dancing. Duke is going to be a five seed in the East region, taking on 12 seeded Oral Roberts on Thursday from Orlando. So, so much to cover on today's show. And my good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, is set to be with us. On today's show, that's what we'll dive into. Locked on Blue Devils, of course, is your one stop shop for everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Congratulations to the Duke women's basketball team. They're going to host their first-round NCAA tournament game at Cameron Indoor. The softball team took two out of three from Louisville this past weekend. Good, good weekend for Duke sports. But we'll spend a lot of time talking about Duke basketball here. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get them. Watch us each and every day on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button as we continue to climb towards 1,000 subscribers. This is March, and we have had a massive jump in YouTube subscribers, and I am so grateful for that. Let's keep that number going up. So without further ado, here's my good pal Kevin Connolly from Ball Durham. And Kevin, we tried to warn people last week. You were one of our ringleaders in doing it. We tried to let people know how special the Stuke basketball team had been playing. They've now won nine in a row, and they are the kings of the ACC. Yeah, I, I tried to say it. I guess a good prediction by me is just you just look at them, and, and, and this Duke team was playing completely different. There's a different vibe around the team, and uh, it, it showed. It showed that as a four seed, um, they rolled through the ACC tournament, and I think uh, maybe not throughout the duration of the season they were the best team in the ACC, but certainly in the last now month or so of the season, They've been the best team in the ACC, and they proved it in Greensboro this weekend. It was crazy. Three games that Duke was able to win in Greensboro. The team is proudly promoting the fact all across their social media platforms and press releases. It's a talking point. Duke only trailed for four and a half minutes of basketball time. That's 120 minutes that they're on the floor with three 40-minute games. And only four and a half minutes the entire week was Duke losing. What an impressive performance it was from the Blue Devils there this past weekend. Yeah, and that's just uncommon, right? Like, I yeah. mean, you played three games and, and you only trail for just over four minutes. Like, that's that's just unheard of. But obviously, one of those games gets thrown out the window when you open up on, what was it, a 12 nothing run? Against yeah, Pittsburgh, against Pitt, and you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go wire to wire. And then, um, I mean, the for, for the most part, the, the Miami game was back and forth. I know they really couldn't extend the lead. And the Virginia game was the same thing. Like, they couldn't really pull away – um, and that's what you expect in an ACC tournament. I mean, teams aren't just going to lay there and die. Um, I guess Pittsburgh did a little bit just, but Duke <laughs> was making everything that game. But Miami and Virginia, they're, they're veteran teams. They're good teams. They're talented teams. They're well-coached. And you don't expect them to sit there and die, and you knew they were going to make runs. But this Duke team had an answer for every single run. And I think the biggest thing is that, obviously, winning three games in three days, they started the games well, 
and they finished halves well, specifically in the first half. Um, and I think think that was really important uh, for this team, not trailing uh, for more than five minutes uh, in these three games. Yeah, you talk about what Duke was able to do this past week and, and the individual performances that Duke had for sure. The ACC tournament MVP goes to Kyle Filipowski. He was held scoreless against Virginia. He was fouled at the end of regulation. It was not called uh, back in Charlottesville. We know that Duke has since rattled off those nine consecutive wins. And in that game in particular, he was the best player on the floor. He was the best player in Greensboro all week long. Really cool to see Filipowski leading the way for Duke. And obviously it was a talking point in the semifinals in the championship game, but he also turned his ankle in the opening minutes in that victory over Pittsburgh, which just made it that much more impressive how he was able to really, him and Jeremy Roach, put this team on their backs um, and lead them to this championship. Uh, 20 points against Virginia, uh, another double-double with 10 rebounds, um, and, and he was just huge. He came up with the, with the big shots and the big moments. 23 points for Jeremy Roach in the win against UVA. Look, this game, let's not sugarcoat it for anybody. It was not a spectacle if you absolutely adore offensive basketball, right? 59-49 is the final score in this one. Duke goes just 4 of 13 from three-point range. They're 42% from the floor, but they did a remarkable job holding Virginia under 50 points and really felt pretty comfortable throughout this one. So, again, not a whole lot of great offense was on display in that matchup, but all that matters when you're playing for a title is to score more points than the other team, and Duke was able to do exactly that. Well, I don't think you would expect a lot of points in a game um, with Virginia just given their style of play and typically how good their defense is. And on the on the other hand, with Duke as well, because their defense, I mean, I, I think it's still a little bit underrated just how good this defense is, and Virginia does have – um, some deficiencies scoring the ball, but not as bad as in previous years. So um, it, I, I was expecting a low-scoring game going into it. Maybe not this much low-scoring, but um, I, I said during the game on Saturday night that I don't even think this is vintage Duke defense, like how people say Duke needs to go back to the old-school vintage Duke defense. I think this is better than that old-school vintage Duke defense. I think that's how good this team is defensively. What did you take from Jeremy Roach's play in that title game? Those 23 points, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the box score here. Roach was 7 of 12 from the floor, made both of his three-point shots, and made every single free throw. What did you think of Roach's play this week? That's what Duke wanted when he came back. They, this is what they expected he was going to do in March, and it was the clutch plays. I mean, it was the end one that was late in the game that – extended the lead and, and kind of halted the Virginia run. It was the free throws at the end of the game to close things out. It was the three-pointer against Miami that really salted that game away. It's That's what Duke was expecting Jeremy Roach was going to provide this season. Now, it didn't turn out that way because of his toe injury and he was sidelined and all that stuff, but now he's healthy. You've seen it this last month of the season, and you're seeing it here in the postseason. You're getting Jeremy Roach from a year ago just with that much more experience and that much better of a leader uh, under his belt. Let's see what Duke can do as they get set for the NCAA tournament, a five seed in the East region. We'll talk a little bit more about that and other things here after our first time out today on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils today is brought to you by our very good friends over at Built Bar. Now that March Madness is here, Built Bar wants to take part as well. We know that we all have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com 
to vote for your favorites. You know that I'm going to be voting for the cookies and cream bar. I love it so much. And if you want Duke to win, then you'll be voting for cookies and cream with me as well. Support your team in March Madness and support your built bar in built bar March Madness. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have their best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built. It's the best protein bar ever. They are absolutely so amazing. And again, covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to March Madness, BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back in here to Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me about some of the content on your website that you were able to have uh, there with coverage and, and Greensboro, Greensboro with Duke winning the title. Well, it's it's not a lot of sleep now. We talked about that last <laughs> week. You don't get a lot of sleep uh, in the month of March, but we're rolling. We had full wall-to-wall coverage of the ACC tournament. We're going to have the same thing with the NCAA tournament and the same thing you mentioned uh, in your open the Duke women's basketball team getting a three-seed in the women's NCAA tournament and hosting at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So um, we're going to have some wall-to-wall coverage uh, on Ball Durham. You can get us on Twitter, Ball underscore Durham. And then uh, every day, every hour of every day, go to balldurham.com. Duke is the ACC tournament champions. They take down Virginia 59-49 in this one. Let's talk about the John Shire angle of this, right? The Shire family was loud and proud. It was awesome seeing ESPN you know, do the camera shots over to his parents uh, throughout the game, how nervous they were, how excited they were for Coach Shire winning his first title as a head coach in his first run at it. I mean, what does this mean, Kevin, that Shire was able to get the pieces to fit at the right time? Well, I think first and foremost, it means Duke made the right the right hire. I think John Shire, he was uh, the right guy for the job when Mike Krzyzewski uh, announced he was retiring at the beginning of last season, at the end of last season. Um, and I think it was a great thing having the coach in waiting and Shire on the staff because it allowed the transition to be smooth and easy, which Krzyzewski wanted. And I think you're seeing the fruits of that come to fruition right now. And, and John Shire, he's the right man for the job. Um, he's doing an outstanding job with this team. And let's be honest, yeah, he was the lead recruiter uh, for a lot of these guys. Uh, but these guys kind of committed to Duke thinking they were playing for Mike Krzyzewski two, three, three years ago. You know what I mean? Um, so and I, I know people will bring up the Hubert Davis uh, angle to this. But what John Shire is doing in his first year and the records he's breaking and the feats he's reaching, like you might not see this ever again or at yeah. least in our lifetime. Um, first player uh, to ever win the ACC tournament as a player and a coach. Um 
one of three ACC coaches to win the tournament in their first year. Last one was back in um, 1998, I believe. And then before that, it was like 1960s or 40s or something like that. Forever ago, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Most wins um, as a first-year Duke head coach. Um, And and the list goes on and on. And and they're an awful call away in Virginia from also being the co-ACC tournament regular season champions. So what he's doing, and I think the list goes on and on from there. I wrote uh, something about it that I published on a Sunday morning. But it, it's it's incredible what he's doing in his first year uh, as a head coach. Make sure you go read that, balldurham.com, again, for Kevin Connolly's coverage there of Duke Hoops. I'm so impressed with Shire, what he was able to do. There were points in the year that a lot of people started to, to doubt him, honestly, with what was taking place. And look, injuries are a big factor in this. Duke is 17-1. and one this season when they are fully healthy 17 and one when everybody plays that is the play of one of the best teams in the entire country it is not out of line for us to be calling Duke the most dangerous team in the ACC as we said last week going into the ACC tournament but thinking about the number one recruiting class Jeremy Roach coming back off of a final four run the transfers coming in that have made an impact when this Duke team is healthy, they can absolutely go toe-to-toe and compete with anyone in America. That is not crazy to say, and no. I know I'm speaking to a lot of Duke fans here that are listening, but, I mean, that's just proof to what we're talking about, how well they've been when everyone's able to contribute. Yeah, and I wasn't going to go that far last week when we were talking about the ACC tournament. I, I was going to go as far to say that I think this team was the favorite. We talked about it. They were the betting favorite to win the ACC tournament. Now, they're not going to be the betting favorite to win the NCAA tournament, but I 100% agree with you. I think this team could go toe-to-toe with Alabama's the number one overall seed. They can go toe-to-toe with Alabama or any other team in the country with how well they're playing right now. Really impressed with what Duke has been able to do. Does it mean anything come March Madness once that ball goes up in the air in Orlando? No, we're going to flush everything out. Like It it is a brand-new event a brand-new tournament, you got to be on, you got to be making your shots uh, from the outside, playing good defense, all those things. But just looking at it on paper, the talent with this roster, Duke can absolutely go toe-to-toe. That's why we watch all these games. That's why we get so invested come this time of year to see who can win the whole thing. It's, It's wild, Kevin, to think about the fact that the greatest coach in the history of college basketball resided in Durham for 42 seasons. He won the national championship five times. That means 37 times Duke fans were a little disappointed. It's just so hard to win in this sport. Yeah, and that's what you get in the beauty of a sport where you're one and done. Um, And where it's not a sport like football where theoretically you could have one quarter and you win a game. Like basketball, I mean, anything can happen. That's that's what makes the NCAA tournament so intriguing to – even the non-diehard college basketball fans, or you'll start seeing people coming out of the woodwork now that that like act like they're this massive college basketball fan. They're really not just because they love the tournament, they love March Madness, they love the upsets, and, and this is when they be, when they become their college basketball fan for uh, one month out of the year. But yeah, it's it's tough to win. I mean, one off shooting night and one hot shooting night from your opponent, and and you're going home no matter what seed you are. I mean, we saw it couple of years ago with UMBC in Virginia. Yeah, no doubt about that. We saw St. Peter's 
making yeah. elite eight last run year. last season. I mean, it's it's crazy. You never know what you're going to get, but that's why we love this sport so much and uh, hopeful that Duke can make another deep run here in March. We'll talk about Duke and Oral Roberts, some other things from the tournament after our final timeout here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Not only is it March Madness for the college game, the NBA is getting much closer to the postseason, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. This is America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-point shots drained, and so much more. Awesome props in last night's primetime matchup between the New York Knicks and Los Angeles Lakers. We've got the Grizzlies and Mavericks later today. All of these awesome lines with FanDuel are available now, and you get the opportunity to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Final segment here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly. All right, Duke and Oral Roberts, 5 versus 12. Many people a little surprised that Duke was a five seed. Uh, also, a li- I was one of them. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you and, and me both. As, uh, as, as people watching us on YouTube, so I'll just raise our hands. Um, and a lot of people also surprised Duke was not given the opportunity to play in Greensboro, right? That there was an idea, yep, there as well, uh, that we could have been just staying another week in Greensboro to play in those games. Uh, and yet here we are, Kevin. Duke's going to Orlando as a five seed to take on Oral Roberts. Well, the first thing was when the brackets came up and Purdue and uh, it's my memories forgetting me who the 16 and the eight and the nine and whatever were when they were going down to do the five, the 12 and the four and the 13, the, the bottom of the bracket said Greensboro, Greensboro. North Carolina. Yep. Yep. It's, and, and obviously I, there was some graphic issue. And then right when they were going to do the, the five and 12, they switched it to Orlando, Florida. So it was like, all right, what's what's going on here? Where are they going? And ultimately, it was um, Orlando. But so that was the, that was the first part, which was strange. Second it was part, super I, strange. I, I just can't figure out how Duke gets a five seed. I mean, I know I think they were in terms of the seed line two behind Virginia. I think Virginia might have been the 18th or the 16th overall seed, and Duke might have been the 18th overall seed, something like that. That that doesn't really sound right when I say those numbers out loud, but. Um, yeah, that, that was that was strange because you're looking at a, a Duke team, which, like you said, they've been so good when fully healthy, and they just beat Virginia in the ACC Tournament Championship, and they should have beaten them in Charlottesville when the conference literally admitted that the referees administered the wrong call and Duke should have had free throws with two-tenths of a second left, needing one to win the game. So it was really bizarre how Duke got a five-seed. I thought for sure they were getting a four-seed. Yeah, I was watching last night on ESPN, their bracketology coverage, Jay Billis, former Dukey, who we all love, uh, talking about the fact that in many ways it's a disservice to the other teams in the field, right, that Duke is one of the hottest teams. Jay Billis thought this team was the the last of the three seeds, right, that Duke shouldn't have been a five, they shouldn't have been a four, they had done enough because he pointed out the fact that, yeah, this is a 17-1 and team when fully healthy. They should have been a three 
And so then there is this level of disservice to the other teams in the field that all of a sudden they see Duke with a five next to their name. Well, I 100% agree with you. I, I think that, like, I said after uh, the game on Saturday night, I was like, this should be a three seed. Yeah. Like, uh, they've done enough. I mean, they beat two ranked teams in the ACC tournament in Miami and Virginia. They mauled Pitt, who ended up being an NCAA tournament, team, tournament yeah. team. And going into Selection Sunday, they had won nine in a row. And again, like you said, they're all fully healthy. So what more do you want to see out of this team that makes them think that they're a five seed? And yeah. I think the easiest part is how is Virginia a seed ahead of them? That's the like, like if you want to, the, the three versus four seed debate is another conversation, but strictly four versus five, I just don't understand because all the metrics Duke is ahead of Virginia. Like all the metrics the, the NCAA tournament selection committee supposedly uses, Duke is ahead of Virginia. And I just don't understand how Virginia is a four seed and Duke's a five. And uh, like you said, if Duke was a four, they'd be playing the first two rounds in Greensboro. Should they advance out of the first round? All right. So let's talk about the matchup here for Duke. Five uh, twelve on Thursday being played in Orlando, a 7 p.m. Eastern tip off. So a night game for the Blue Devils, not super late. Uh, which is awesome. So Thursday night, Duke and Oral Roberts. We mentioned, you know, a little bit of a disservice to Oral Roberts. This is a really good team. They're Summit League champions. They took care of business. They've made sweet 16 runs just a few seasons ago in this very tournament in March Madness, of course. And uh, look, 5-12 is a very, very, very sexy and common upset pick when people are filling out their brackets. Why should be? Why should Duke be worried about Oral Roberts? Because they might have the best player on the floor in Max Asmus. Like that, that that's why he was he was the leader in that sweet sixteen run for Oral Roberts a couple of years ago when they were a fifteen seed and they beat Ohio State. Now, granted, there was either none or limited seeding because of COVID, but that's the reason why averages twenty two points a game, can score from anywhere on the floor, and they also have three double digit scores in Connor Vanover and Isaac McBride. This is a really good Oral Roberts team. I, I even think they should be better than a 12 seed. I think they should. They could be an 11 seed. I think they could be a 10 seed. So I think Oral Roberts might have even gotten um, a little bit underseeded, uh, or I should say overseeded as a 12. Yeah, really interested to see how this game plays out, to see how effective – uh, both these teams are going to be both offensively and defensively. It's been Duke's defense, though, lately, Kevin. That's been the difference, and they're going to need another strong showing here in March. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see who Duke Duke puts on Max A. Smith. You know, he's only listed at six foot one seventy five. Do they go with Jeremy Roach and put the junior captain on the senior? Do they go with Tyrese Proctor, who has a little bit more size, but obviously not as much experience in the NCAA tournament? Could they go and put a, a wing player on him in in a Derek Whitehead off the bench or, or Jacob Grandison or somebody like that? I, I would anticipate it'll be Jeremy Roach. I think Jeremy Roach and Max Asmus. I think that's going to be prime time Thursday night, 7 o'clock, CBS. That's going to be a matchup everybody is going to be watching. And there's one more. There's another name you mentioned a little bit ago, Connor Vanover, uh, in the inside for our, for Oral Roberts, almost at Arkansas. He started his career at Arkansas. Vanover played three seasons with the Hawks in the SEC against really good competition. He's had a really dominant season for the Golden Eagles so far this year. Why? Because he's seven five. 
<laughs> seven foot five. Duke has not played someone that large this season. Well, Zach Eady, of course, comes to mind. I've almost forgot about him. Yeah, uh, but uh, they had him in November. Here is uh, here's Connor Vanover. Not as thick, not as large as Zach Eady, yeah. but I think he's an inch or two taller. Uh, than Edie is. So uh, that that's going to be a big test there for, for Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski. Yeah, it really is. But but you mentioned they do have the experience of playing Zach Edie, which they did in, in late November. And also, I mean, my table here is a little bit of wood. You knock on wood. I mean, if you're hoping to play Zach Edie in two games from now in Madison Square Garden in the Sweet 16. So sure. I think actually it could be a good thing for Duke to get a chance at going against Connor Vanover, who's 7'5", listed at – 227 so not as like you said not as big not as heavy as Zach Eady so um I think Derek Lively the biggest thing you got to stay out of foul trouble you got him and Kyle Filipowski you have to stay out of foul trouble Ryan Young as well obviously Ryan Young is going to be giving up a lot of size to Vanover I think Young is listed like 6'9 6'10 um so you gotta you gotta find a way to control the glass which this Duke team has done an outstanding job at all season long Kevin, it's always a pleasure to talk about Duke basketball with you. I'm hopeful that we've got a deep run coming our way. I'm hopeful we're able to talk about a round of 32 matchup coming up for Duke. Tell me one more time where people can check out your work. Well, you can get us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham, and then you can get us online every day, balldurham.com. Um, I'm telling you, not sleeping, not sleeping a lot uh, <laughs> this last month. We're going wall-to-wall coverage with everything. We're going to be breaking down the brackets, the matchups, the seedings, the times, everything. Um, player press conferences, we'll have stuff from there. And also, like I said, uh, the women's team gearing up for hosting a regional inside Cameron this weekend as well. So a uh, lot of action coming at you on uh, balldurham.com in the next couple of weeks. And check Kevin out on Twitter at KevinConnolly24. All right, Kevin, be well, and we'll talk again soon. JJ, appreciate you, man. That's Kevin Connolly joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. That's going to do it for another edition of the show. A busy week here on the program. We're going to give you everything you need to know about Duke and Oral Roberts, how to fill out your bracket, what matchups matter. We're discussing all of that here throughout the program this week. That'll do it. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.